following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. In fact, uh, scriptures pertaining to fears are recorded 365 times in scripture. Now, does that number sound familiar to anybody? That's a year's worth of fears. So... So God, so God, there's, uh, so God covers it a lot in Scripture. Um, and they are also always in a command form. God doesn't isn't being, he's being gentle in his way, but he's also commanding us not to fear. It's a it's a command. It's not an ask. Um, that's what you'd call in my job uh, place of work, a shall and not a should. You shall not fear. Not you should not fear. So uh, today I would like to uh, talk about um, uh, where am I? Okay. okay, so I'm sorry. My, my writing is uh, hard for my, myself to even to read sometimes. <laughs> so forgive me if I get caught in my own head a little bit. I tend to do that. So today I would like to talk about why we let Satan defeat us with it and God's answer to this problem. I have we let underlined because it really is a matter of choice for believers. Since fear is, not, is a command, it isn't talking about the feeling of fear. It's talking about how we react, uh, how we respond to it. Our responses are what we believe. However we respond to things, that's, how, that's what we believe. That's what's coming out. For the world, fear and anxiety are natural. When there is nothing beyond you and between you and the world, a system that is run by the evil one, only for a short time, you actually have much to fear in this world and the next. But what about us? Why does a people fear whose God can will, uh, will all things into and out of existence, see all things, knows all things, and has no capable enemy, is perfect in love and forgiveness, and says this about his, his people. So I'm going to read Ephesians 1. Uh, if I can find it here. I had to use a little bookmark because I'm not a computer guy. So. so Ephesians 1, 1 through 14, I'm going to read. Sorry. <laughs> I've got to get down close. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in, the, in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption through Christ Jesus, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. And him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to him, things in heaven and things on earth. Okay. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, 
so that we who were the first to hope in Christ may be, may, might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is guaranteed, who is a guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of God. So we serve a God who has taken care of everything for us, who's all-powerful, who loves us, who's given us salvation, who's taken care of all the details, and yet we still fear. And also who the devil himself must give account to and fall under his authority. And I'd like to read Job 1. Six through twelve. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to the to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, said to Satan "From where have you come?" Satan answered the Lord and said, "From going to and fro on the earth and walking up and down it, on it." And the Lord said to Satan, "Have you considered my servant Job that there there is none like him on earth?" a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he, he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions, have increased, and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, this is the important part, Behold, all that he has is in your hand, only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence. So God had complete control of that situation. Satan wasn't doing what he wants. He was only doing what God allowed him to do at that point. And so take heart in knowing that everything that happens to you must pass through God's loving hands first. Nothing just happens. You're not just being abused by Satan. God's allowing it for a purpose, for a time. Our problem is simple. Our flesh doesn't believe God's will is good for us. And we listen to the emotional needs of our own flesh instead of God's truth. Much of the time, fear is a form of emotional selfishness. We convince ourselves that disobedience to God is better than the pain it may bring. And yes, there may be pain when we do what God tells us to do. And sometimes it's extreme pain. At, but, but peace with Christ will outlast the pain. And I'd like to read John 16. through 33. This is how God answers that. That's how I answer that. Sorry, guys. I'm kind of a cluster. Okay. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that that now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. And Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming indeed, and it has, when you will be scattered, each one to his own home, and will leave 
me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I said these things to you, that in, in me you may have peace. And the wor in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So Christ is above it and brings us above it. We do have suffering here. We have problems here. But Christ himself has overcome all those problems, and we will out outlast them. Our flesh causes us to fear. But Paul teaches in Romans 7, 14 through 25, that even though our flesh causes sin, we can have victory over it through Christ. We live this victory over our flesh through the new life in the spirit, even, even as we are still trapped in this body of death. So is it okay to blame our flesh for our sin of fear? James writes in his book, in James 1, 12 through 15, I'm going to read that. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. No, no one say, when he is tempted, I am being tempted. For God cannot be tempted with evil. He himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. When desire, then when desire has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And I, was, I wrote down that the word lured is very important in the scripture. To be lured is a sin of volition. We choose to be lured. A fish chooses to bite the lure. It tempts him, but he has to make that final decision. I'm going to take that bait. And we do that, and we do that with, with uh, fear especially. Because we'll be, we'll be offered two choices, the easy choice usually, the worldly choice, or God's way. So whichever one we pick is, uh, is a choice. To be lured is a sin of volition for, the, for those filled with the Holy Spirit. Especially, you know, the Holy Spirit will be telling us what to do, and we have to make that choice. We choose to fear. We're lured by what we perceive will be a lesser hardship. Our flesh rails against hardship, even though it is God's greatest teaching tool. If we can accept this fear, accept this, fear starts to, starts to fade and the evil, one, evil one's grip begins to loosen. So if we can accept the idea that we're going to go through things for God, the fear goes, starts to go away because you start to remember that you have a loving God that's guiding you through it. He's not abusing you. He's not mistreating you, he's teaching you. He's teaching us lessons. We're te he's teaching other people lessons through what you're going through. He's teaching you lessons. He's showing his power to the world through what's happening with you. And we all suffer from many fears. And this is how God answers them. So we have, we have the fear of the world system, things that are going on around us. The... Um, so I'm going to go to Luke, Luke 12, 11. 
And this is fear of things like court systems and taxes and the government and all these different things that we, that we deal with all the time. Um, our jobs, our bosses, all, all kinds of different things that we, we tend to uh, let get to us or think are above um, the God who, is, who, who we worship. So Luke 12, 11. Oh, here it is. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man also will acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And when they bring me before synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about about how you should defend yourself or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. So God's going to lead us through all these different trials and um, things that we go through. And I added this in here because I know a lot of people are going through this right now with courts and trials and tribulations with the government. Um, and it's worrisome. But it's, God teaches here, he's going to take care of us in that moment. It may not be until that moment that we know exactly how it's going to get handled, but he will be there with us. And the God of the universe who created everything will help you and tell you what to say and tell you what to do in that moment. And then uh, Luke 12, 22 through 34, and that's talking about anxiety over our, our worldly needs. And he said to his, his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, and what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn. And yet God feeds them. How much more value are you, are you than the birds? And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil, they don't spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But, is God, but if God so clothed the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. And do not seek what you are to eat, what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give to the needy, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in heaven with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, there is no th where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For, there, for where your treasure is, there also your heart will be. So that's how God answers fear of 
worry, we worry about clothes, we worry about our car, we worry about our house, we worry about everything all the time. And there really isn't much we can do about it other than just keep working and, you know, give it to God. And there, and there, I worry about those things very many times myself with the family. You know, do we have enough food this week? Am I going to have enough gas? Do I have fuel in my tank to heat the house? You know, and you, you lay awake at night thinking about these things, and God here says you can't, you can't change it. I can change it. You can't. You just have to keep walking through life. So, so another fear is the fear of Satan. That's a common fear, fearing the things you can't understand. So we're going to go to 1 John. I'm going to read 4, 1 through 6. And this is about test, uh, test the spirits, but we'll pick out one part of it. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come, into the come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world. And the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So fear, a common fear is the fear of making, um, being tricked by, by Satan in some way, making that kind of a mistake. Um, but God here says that he who is in you, the Holy Spirit, has given you power over that. You, Satan does not have authority over you. You have authority over him from the Holy Spirit. Um, so that fear, uh, that's another fear that Satan stirs up in us, that we're supposed to be afraid of him and what he's going to do to us and all these, you know, how he can stir up the world against us. And you know what? Sometimes that's true, and he can. But we have Christ. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the blood of Christ covering us. He can only do what God allows him to do. And what God allows him to do is actually going to be good for us. So, All right. Um, failure, another one is the fear of failure. And this is a big one. We're going to talk about this in just a minute, too, including social failure, a.k.a. people. Um, <laughs> this is the big one right here, I think. It's Satan stirs this up in us all the time. As I'm standing up here talking to you guys, I'm hearing a voice, too, that's saying, no one's listening, no one cares, you sound like a fool, get to go sit down. And I'm serious, that's, that's what you, sometimes when you're doing, Satan is always trying to wreck what you're trying to do. Now, so we're going to uh, go to Romans 8.28 and see what God says about that. I need to get bifocals. <laughs> I'm putting it off. I don't want to do it yet. Oh, my goodness. All right. I'll start at 28, 26. Likewise, the, helps, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, 
For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows that knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Okay. All right, so there's no wasted time. There's no, there's no failure for a Christian. If your heart's in the right place, there is no failure. The failure is not moving. That's the failure. That, so our fear, if Satan can, can make you afraid and stop you from moving, that's, you've allowed him to win that one battle. He doesn't win the war, but he can win battles. And we have to remember that, and fear is one of his largest weapons. So, all of these, fear, all, all of the, these are common fears, but the feel, fear of failure is most often the culprit that steals our ability to be effective. Don't ever be afraid to act for God. The scripture we, we just read means if your heart is right, then God will always use your actions, whether they appear right to the human eye or not. God will always intervene to make things right. He must, he must according to the scripture. We can't even pray without help. <laughs> I mean, he shows that. We, we always need help. We always need the intercession of God. So that should, I mean, right there, that should take away some, some fear. God is always interceding. Christ is always interceding. The Holy Spirit is always working in us. We should fear not acting or acting selfishly due to fear far more than being obedient. I'll pick those up later. <laughs> so just like at home, I'll just kick it under the couch or something. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> yeah, that's the kids did that. That wasn't me. <laughs> uh, the consequences of obedience is spiritual blessings, although many times not worldly blessings. The consequence of disobedience is a broken relationship with God and hurt people and possibly death and hell for those people. That, we're, that God has asked us to talk about and we've decided not to because it may be too scary or too hard. So we have every, so we have every important, so we have ever. okay, I'm sorry. So we have everything important to God's kingdom to gain by, reject, by rejecting fear and the accepting of a broken, selfish world I wrote something weird here. Sorry, guys. Um, so we have everything to gain spiritually from God by obedience. Disobedience brings nothing but the acceptance of a broken world, a selfish world. It may be easier, but it isn't right, and it is broken, and it will have consequences in your life and with your relationship with God. Remember the fear of our remember the fear of rejection is a powerful weapon. The devil uses it on all of us to try to stop the kingdom from, from growing. Don't let the devil steal your voice in here or out in the world. This is a great place. You know, not many churches, I'm gonna say, 
allow people who are untrained to preach. I've been in a lot of churches, and unless you have a degree of some type, you're not even allowed in the pulpit. You're not allowed to talk up front. You're not allowed to hardly teach a Bible study. This church is awesome, and it allows you to, to share with people. It allows you to make, the mis- make mistakes if, if, if that happens. But like we said, they're not actual mistakes. It's God teaching and, and letting us learn. So take advantage of that. When we have that, that time in the beginning, I've never been to a church that allows everybody to just talk about the Holy Spirit, talk about what God's doing for a few minutes in the beginning. It's, it's a real blessing. And so just, if you can take advantage of it, I, you should do it. Because every week I know that there are people sitting in here that God has spoken to. And they don't want to raise their hands because they're nervous or they don't want to share it. Do it. Just do it. Just put your hand up. And even if it comes out wrong or it sounds not the way you wanted it to, God is going to intervene in that. And it's going to work in you. It's going to work in everyone else around you because you're, you're by, because of that fear, you're not sharing a blessing. God's blessed you. You're not sharing that with other people. There, there's somebody sitting beside you that could be going through the same thing or have a completely different experience from what you just said than you did. It, it's, the Holy Spirit is, is going to work. So just take advantage of that. It's not common. So. Oh, no, I lost my place, you guys. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, so don't let the, the devil steal your voice in here or out in the world. Satan is more afraid of what you can do if you find your voice than we should ever be of him. We have authority over him, given to us by Christ, not the other way around. If he stops us by stirring up fear, that's... that's Oh, okay. If he stops us by stirring up fear that starts in us, that we learned, we learned that in James just a minute ago, that it starts in us. We don't, Satan doesn't just come along and blast your brain with fear and say, you're afraid. You're already nervous. You're already afraid. He stirs it up. He makes it worse. Um, so it starts in us. Um, if he stops us by stirring up fear, that starts in us, and he chooses to, and we choose to accept it. Then he has neutralized you as a threat, and he has one less soldier to deal with. So put a boot in the devil, devil's behind by, <laughs> by sharing the good news mercilessly, as he would, as the devil would see it, with with those that the Lord is putting your life around you. And that is war. He that scares him. When you open your mouth at work, in here, at Shaw's, whatever you're doing, you start to talk about God, and you can, you, I guarantee you that every demon within a thousand miles is on high alert. Boom. It's a big deal. We're very, we have a lot more influence, and the Holy Spirit's working. Um, and so Satan is scared of you. He's afraid of you. So don't take advantage of that. You know, you get... When you see the, you ever see Star Wars when Darth Vader walks in and the sound goes off and everybody's scared of him? That's what you should be to the devil. It sounds like, it sounds weird, but, you know, when you walk into the room, he should be scared. And he is scared. He's just waiting, he's just hoping that you don't act. 
So don't let that fear stop you. And there is, a, there is a last thought that we should share in our battle against fear. And so we're going to turn to 1 John. Oh, I hope that wasn't the one I need. <laughs> I found it anyway. 1 John 4.30. I need a computer. <laughs> 1 John 4, 13 through 21. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit and we have, and we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and, and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected within us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he, he is so, also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he has done not, he has, he does not love his brother from whom, his brother whom he has seen cannot love God, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So God's love is perfect and is perfect, and we receive the promise of perfection as soon as we re uh, as soon as we receive it. So we get it as soon as we receive it in our hearts. But because we are being made perfect in His love over the over time, so this is a, a, a this takes time. It isn't instantaneous. We receive it, but then the work happens over time. The remnant of fear lives temporarily with the love. Fear is casting out love progressively. So take heart. Like everything else the Lord does in, his, does in us, it is a, a work of in progress on this earth. If we don't fear God's wrath because of Christ, then nothing else here is comparable. So I'm just hoping that that might have helped a little, helped us a little bit to uh, overcome our fears and um, be able to serve God in the moment um, or, or whatever it, he asks us to do. If he asks, asks you to come up here and speak, if he asks you to share in the, mor in the morning, whatever it is, you can use these scriptures. You can you know, use the Bible, use the scriptures. If you don't use it, then it's no different than a comic book. You might as well read whatever you want to read. Um, this, is, this is meant to be used, and we can overcome fear with it. So let's pray, and then we'll have some more music. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you for this time. And we ask you to help us to overcome our fears out in the world and here when it comes to ministry, when it comes to serving you. 
we ask you for, your, uh, for the, the help of your Holy Spirit, for the presence of your Spirit, Lord. Amen. Let me clean up my mess. Oh, my God. My wife's probably embarrassed of me right now. <laughs> we'll stand for our final two songs this morning. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.